0: It's been a stressful day. Oh, yeah? I'm going to say that I'm very happy to be on the show at the moment because I am tired of fighting my development environment right now.
1: Just some work problems? Some standard work problems?
0: Uh, I thought so. Okay. I had it in my mind that I had... Well, what you do when you're coding is you set up local environments, that's what we call them, for whatever software it is that you're building in my case, that's discourse. So I have a instance of discourse running that actually is served from my MacBook Pro. That's the way it works. And it broke this morning, early, early this morning. Okay, good. And I spent six hours trying to fix it. Bummer. Trying being the keyword there. That sounds not pleasant whatsoever. I'm one of these that likes to search and try to find the answers to my own problems before I start asking other people to help me with them. (laughs) And uh, I I finally broke down and asked someone for help on the forums. And one of the team members came back and said, yeah, it's broke for me too. This person pushed an update and we're waiting for them to wake up so that they can fix it because they're asleep right now. Oh, so that was it. That was the whole problem. Correct. It's not actually something I can do. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, yes. I see that you have a new
1: toy. Yes. That you've acquired at some point over the holiday season. A new iPhone.
0: Yes. I, I pre-ordered this okay. back when it first came
1: out. Are you one of those people that stays up late, or are you a person <laughs> that just woke up in the morning and did what
0: you did? Well, Yes. To all of the above okay. <laughs> in this particular case. Tell me more. I had it on my calendar for the day that pre-orders happen. And the intent was to set an alarm, get up in the middle of the night, because for me that's 2 a.m. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was going to get up in the middle of the night, submit my pre-order, had it favorited it and everything and be good with being, hopefully, one of the first to get it pre-ordered and hopefully get it in hand. That was the intent. I had the correct day on the calendar. However, I misunderstood it whenever I looked at my calendar, despite me triple-checking it, because they do 12 a.m. And I was like, okay, cool, it pre-orders on Friday. So my hope was to wake up in the middle of the night, Friday night slash Saturday morning. You see where this is going. hmm I do. Uh, It actually was Thursday night (laughs) that I needed to do that.
1: So you woke up to a Twitter stream of people saying, I got mine, and you realizing, oh, this was incorrect.
0: Well, actually, and I know you've tweeted about this a number of times, I caught the negative side of it Uh more so than that, because people were upset that the Apple Store app was having all kinds of problems, right? and people weren't able to get it submitted, and there were a few people saying, I've been trying for the last three (laughs) hours. Now, granted, I get up at 5 a.m., my time, so it was only three hours after.
1: Yeah, you weren't you weren't too far in,
0: right? Right. So there was a lot of people saying, "I've been trying for three hours to get this to work." And I was like, "Oh, I guess I should do that right now. Do this now <laughs> since I'm late now." <laughs> so I pulled it up. And mine went through
1: immediately. You missed the the problem area that everyone else was experiencing and grappling with. Right. So hey, right. it might have worked out better for you in the long run.
0: I think so because. You know, whenever they initially gave me the, the ship date, it was supposed to be the second week of December is when I was supposed to receive it. That was what I originally got. And then I I want to say it was a week and a half after I pre-ordered it. I think a lot of people got the email saying, we've bumped you up. And maybe they just found a bunch of extras somewhere. I don't know. Or they, they allocated them
1: to the wrong place. Whatever happened, yeah.
0: Right. Somehow they got a shipment through customs that they weren't planning to get through customs. I don't know. I don't know how that works, but... I got the email saying it was going to come the end of November, which I thought was perfect because I was going to be gone the whole week of Thanksgiving, and then it would show up the following Tuesday, Wednesday, and then I got, just out of the blue, a shipment notification from UPS saying, hey, your, your order has shipped, which kind of shocked me because I didn't think it should show up, and I checked the delivery date, and it was supposed to show up on Black Friday, which... I'm not going to leave that sitting out on the front step. (laughs) So I did the whole UPS redirect it to one of their pickup points here in town. And there was this whole debacle, Drew, over them changing the date from Black Friday to the Monday before Thanksgiving to Wednesday before Thanksgiving back to the Tuesday. And then they said they were going to do Saturday delivery. And none of this really mattered to me because I was gone the whole week anyway, And then, whenever I checked it Sunday night, whenever we got home, because I knew I couldn't pick it up Sunday anyway, my thought was, I'll just go grab it Monday morning, because I was going to be driving right past the store anyway. Like, well, that'll work out perfect, but it hadn't delivered yet. So, they actually didn't get it delivered until Monday afternoon, which was still fine, because I didn't have time to do anything with it then anyway. So, it worked out pretty well. It was just really weird that UPS couldn't figure out when they were actually going to deliver my phone that's kind of strange it was a mess
1: i want to know why you got this i feel like you're not a you're not a phone upgrader i'm not i would have definitely guessed you'd be skipping this version specifically but here you are
0: with the iphone 10 in your hand so is there something that drew you to this and the 256 version as well that's more than me i know right i'm gonna put this one on my wife Mm -hmm. because my wife is currently using an iphone 5s nothing wrong with that. I know a number of people that run those and they're good little phones but at the same time hers is starting to act odd as in sometimes you touch the screen and it does nothing or you touch the top right of something and it acts as if you tap the bottom left. So there's just a number of weird things going on. I could potentially do uh, a restore on it or upgrade it of sorts and hopefully try to solve some of that but At the same time, I'm thinking this is a 5S. I really don't want to spend a ton of time trying to nail this thing down. I could, but at the same time, my wife was kind of bringing this up with the idea that she would get my old phone. Which is what? My old one's a 6S. So still not super new by some people's standards, but newer than most, I guess, that I run across. Yeah, two years old. Yeah, she was interested in upgrading to that, which meant that I had to get a new phone, I have the intent of using this more for photography and videography, mostly from a business stance. So there are a number of cases where I'm wanting to do some video work for some of the stuff I do on, say, Productivity Guild or another project that I'm working on. Like, I'm starting to do some more of that. So it led me to think, well, I'm probably going to be doing some of that footage in 4K at, say, 60 frames a second. That's going to be a data hog. I'm going to want the storage and it's worth the difference to me. You're going to start recording videos with it? That's the idea. That's part of it, yeah. I've got some of the stands. Uh, What's the app that I've used in the past? Filmic Pro. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, Filmic Pro is excellent.
0: Yeah, I've used that in the past. Love it. And my intent is to use this phone with that. I also own I need to figure out if my adapters work on this or not. But I own one of the Rode systems, the lavalier mics. I own one of those that I can plug into my phone, the, the iPhone 10, and use that with Filmic Pro from an audio stance. So I could do that. I could also, because I've got the Zoom H4n now, I could use that as well. and Just plug something in. Right. There's a really good uh, Sennheiser clip mic. Oh, yeah?
1: That has a lightning jack and uh, it's excellent quality. Really, really good. I usually keep one of those in my bag for whenever I might have a potentially something to film. Got it. That's cool. I like that a lot. Filmic Pro is an incredible app, really lets you get a lot more than you would typically get out of whatever you're filming. I actually just watched a whole movie that was filmed on an iPhone with Filmic Pro wow. called Tangerine. Wow. Remarkable, the kind of stuff that you can do with it. So I don't think that you're going to be trying to film a feature-length movie nope. anytime soon, but it's nice that you have the ability to, one, record in really good quality and, two, keep it all on your phone without having to worry about right space limitations. I take a lot of photos these days, and my photos are massive, but because I have that iCloud library turned on for my photos, I just never end up using up an entire phone 's worth of storage space yeah, I just looked at mine you know I got the sixty four gigabyte iPhone ten and i have 37 gigs free it's just pretty remarkable how much you can manage to free up on a phone these days i it's been it's been a while since i've run into those hor- horrible limitations that you know used to be pretty common with a 16 gigabyte phone or whatever so i'm just thankful
0: those days are behind us yeah, that I had last week.
1: <laughs> Ooh, wait, what was, uh, what was your storage size for your 6S? It's 16. No way. Well, that is a yep. wild difference yep. to go from 16 to 256. Is that what it is?
0: Yep, because I used that 6S when I was filming with Filmic Pro, and you can't get it to use an external hard drive of any sorts or thumb drive that I'm aware of. No, of course not. And that posed a bit of a problem. So whenever I was recording for that, I basically uninstalled every peripheral app you could imagine and wiped out every picture on that phone so that I could get it to where it had about 6 gigs free. And with 6 gigs free, you could film not at 4K, but you could film 1080 at 60 frames and get about 10 minutes on it. Like, that's about what you could get. But thankfully... Not much more than that. Yeah, most of the videos I was filming, they were only about 7 to 8 minutes. So I could get them in there, but I was definitely watching the clock <laughs> while I was recording. Like, okay, hit record, hurry up, get set down, and <laughs> let's go through this quickly. We'll feel
1: the freedom I know. of this massively upgraded hard drive that you just acquired
0: in your in your pocket. Yeah.
1: How has it been? I mean, you've had it for a, a little bit now. What, what do you think of this new iPhone?
0: So first impressions, I'm a big fan. I, I don't know anyone who has one that's not. At this point. But honestly, the the thing that struck me the most whenever I got it was the setup process. Hmm. Because I've never purchased an iPhone direct from Apple because I've always picked them up after the release. So whenever I got this and they just had me set the phone next to the other one and just walk through the steps and boom, you're done, I was kind of shocked at how easy it was. It's pretty neat. Yeah, it was kind of bonkers how quickly. I think it was 30 minutes from the time I unboxed the iPhone 10 to the time it was a fully functioning and copied all my data over phone. Like it, it had moved everything in that amount of time. It just, it blew me away that they figured out how to do it that quickly. So I don't, I don't know what the Android process looks like, but I was happy with this one. <laughs> yeah, I
1: remember a few years ago, I don't believe it was for a new phone. I believe it was when I was, um, you know, something had gone wrong with an iPhone and I had to take it into the Genius Bar and they, they swapped out my old phone for a, a brand new one. Oh, right. And uh, I remember that I was in Orlando, which is a couple hours away from where I used to live in Tampa, and I had to sit at the food court for, I don't know, an hour and a half or something as the phone did its thing and turned itself back on and used the bad mall Wi-Fi to re-download all my apps and stuff because I was so far from home that it didn't really make sense for me to have no phone with no contacts and right. no messages and no podcasts yep. and nothing to do. <laughs> kind of needed all of that. And I personally always, when I get a, a brand new phone, I just typically just start fresh. Uh, so I never have to worry about the backup process. Right. But when I got an iPhone ten for my wife, Christine, I did this weird put your old phone next to your new phone thing. And watch that in amazement. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a much different process than it used to be. Right. It's a big deal that everyone just kind of immediately got used to. Because it's one of those things where it always needed to be that way, right? But it just, it wasn't until now.
0: It was pretty cool. I was I was impressed by it. But, I mean, other than the setup process, I mean, there's some things that take some getting used to. I mean, Face ID is just absolutely amazing mm-hmm. from my view. Because, I, I mean, I'm used to Touch ID. And I'm now used to it on the MacBook Pro, which is really cool. But just seeing the little icon with the spinning circles that show that it's authenticating, you know, it it reads my face fast enough because I've heard a few people say it's not quick for them. But for me, it's almost immediate. Like, I just pull up my phone and swipe up and I've never... I don't think I've ever waited (laughs) for it to authenticate. It just immediately is done. And I I think you couple something like that with, say, 1Password and just getting around and logging into things is so easy. I think everybody should do that. Yeah, I agree. I'm looking forward to them having this on all the phones. Do you like the new Home Indicator? You a fan? Oh, I don't mind that at all. That doesn't bother me at all. Does it bug you? I've, I've heard a number of people hate it.
1: No, it's so good. It's one of those things where... It feels like it, it answers a lot of the problems that I never knew that I had with the old home button, right. getting between apps and being able to swipe back and forth and all that stuff. It just feels really perfect. It's a fun phone. It's a really, really cool one. I'm glad that you got it because I feel like maybe this is a great way for you to have gone. You, you skipped over a couple of iterative updates and you came right full force into the brand new iPhone. Yep. And obviously it's the same in many ways, but it's definitely different in quite a few.
0: Do you have a case on yours?
1: No, I don't, I don't believe in cases. you You got to live dangerously somewhere, <laughs> and I choose to live dangerously with my, with my iPhone.
0: Do you use the invisible case, Apple Care?
1: Oh, yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I use the invisible <laughs> case that will protect me from at least one fall if that ever happens, and I, I hope it doesn't. This phone just feels too good to have a case on it, but I'm a crazy person. I think I wrote about it a while ago, actually. I broke my phone, and I was actually kind of happy about it. And uh, I'll put that in the show notes somewhere, but.
0: (laughs) I haven't read this one. I'm going to be looking at the show notes on this one. I don't think that scratches and
1: scuffs are as bad as we think they are. I used to be this manic person who I remember taking a, an old phone, maybe it was a iPhone 3G, but it might have even been before that. I was out in Florida and I took it to the beach and came back and, you know, a little tiny grain of sand had made its way into my pocket and slid its way across the screen. And it was a small scratch, but I mean, you know, it's just one of those things where ah. once you see it, you can't unsee it. And it's always so annoying to have something go from perfectly pristine to right. all messed up. But I've kind of decided that, If it's not something that totally keeps you from using it well, I think that I would definitely want to get a screen replaced if it's shattered and cutting me every
0: time I try to swipe around or messed up the the OLED screen in a way that I can't read it anymore. I actually did get a case for this one. I think that has more to do with my wife's insistence because of the sheer cost of the thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, this one would not be a good one to break, I have to admit. It's a lot of glass.
0: Yes, it is. But I've been running it a couple days with the case on it. Now, I guess yesterday was the first full day I ran a case on it. And I don't like the case on it. I don't. I much prefer just the thinnest possible feel. I like that I can get them in and out of my pocket a lot easier without the case on it. But whenever you put, what have I got? The Apple Silicon case on it, which, you know, I I felt like, you know, this this is probably as thin as I'm going to get and the most protective that I'm going to get right now and this will be easy and quick and at the same time like it's just hard to get out of my pocket sometimes
1: i think that one of the coolest things about this phone is how grippy it feels it's got a whatever that oleophobic coating on it I, that's what i'm assuming it is mm-hmm. makes it feel very good in the hand it doesn't feel like it's gonna slip away from you right while at the same time not feeling oily or, or strange it's just it's a good feeling phone
0: Agreed. I dig it. I've been really enjoying it. I mean, it's fun to get, at least in my case, it's fun to get a new tech thing. Something that, of course, I did. Uh, I had a paper list next to it so that I made sure I got the things done on it that I wanted to get done for setup. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Go figure. But here's, here's the thing that I wrote down whenever I was doing that because I noticed, and of course, I would notice this as a developer, but I noticed that some of the apps whenever I opened them for the first time on the 10, that some of them were already logged in and others weren't. Some of them had already synced a database and others hadn't. And it really made me wonder if that's a design decision or if that's, Apple restricting some of them. Like, for example, like I'm not using OmniFocus heavily, but I still have some things in it that I'm transferring out of it. But OmniFocus, I didn't have to log into. I didn't have to tell it to sync. It just had everything there. But some of the apps, like, say, Dropbox, I had to log into those. You know, and 1Password, I think that's a design decision as well because I had to log back into that one. So there was some of these that I was kind of surprised didn't do that. But I don't know. Did you did you notice that? Well, like I said, I started my phone
1: completely fresh, so I have to log into everything all over again. Oh, you didn't do this at all. But I I did notice that on Christine's phone. Yeah, I feel like for her, it was because she neglected to have Touch ID on for her old phone. Oh. Uh, I think she had to log into almost everything.
0: How did she use her phone?
1: She didn't like Touch ID. She she really got frustrated with it when it would fail. Huh. Um, which is really cool because I turned Face ID on for her and she doesn't mind at all. She really likes it, in fact. It's one of those things where I always say, like, the problem with things like Siri and Alexa are that they fail just often enough that it's frustrating to use. Right. And I feel like Face ID's right on the other side where it fails just rarely enough that you're never actually mad at it when it does. And a lot of those times it's like, oh, yeah, it's because I had my head in my hands. That's my bad. <laughs> or, oh, yeah, I'm, like, still halfway buried in this pillow, I guess. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) i can't expect you to to see my face yeah i know that there's been some weird stuff before where depending on the strength of your passcode will allow them to keep certain passwords stored in memory and other passwords not or whatever but yeah i I don't know it and it's always a bit frustrating right when you have to log into all that stuff again
0: yeah but i mean it's it's still a one-time thing that's the, the classic trade-off when you're building software is, okay, this is going to cause someone to do something one time and they'll never touch it again. Or I could make it less painful to do, but they <laughs> will have to do it a yeah. hundred times every year. Like, that's the classic that's trade-off. <laughs> do I inflict a lot of pain up front or little tiny bits of pain over a long period? What good is
1: a podcast that sometimes talks about technology if we don't talk about our home screens on our iPhone?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like a requirement. <laughs> and this is this
1: is how I knew you had the iPhone 10 to begin with. Is you you sent me a screenshot of your iPhone 10 home screen, all newly minted? Yep. And I think that your, uh, your layout is, is highly specific to you and the way that you work. So I, I thought it would be interesting to talk about it a little bit. Uh, so if that's okay, we'll, we'll put these in the show notes.
0: That's perfectly fine with me. You're dissecting my brain just on my screenshot. <laughs> that's right. Is this, is this background a Cortex background? It is. It is. Yeah. And I use that same one for my lock screen. And you chose this Cortex wallpaper that has
1: this nice gradient up top that goes all the way to true black, right? So it kind of uh, blends in the notch up top, which we haven't talked about, but I'm assuming you aren't too fussy about since you you didn't note it as a major critique of the phone.
0: I really don't know why people got all worked up about it. It's not a big deal, is it? Don't get it at all. It's cool. I've seen a couple of uh,
1: wallpapers that do this where... They just subtly blend the notch in for this specific use, and I bet that looks really nice. It's, it's a cool idea.
0: And, and to be honest with you, I hadn't even really noticed that that's what it was doing. I just <laughs> thought, oh, that feels nice. Okay, good,
1: good. So that's even, even further playing it down. But yeah, this, this wallpaper is very orderly. It's got all these nice
0: grid lines. Uh, this, this is the same kind of paper
1: that you like, right? You like grid paper. So this, this speaks to you.
0: Yeah, so the notebooks that I use are all dot grid, and the notepad from Rhodia that I use is a dot pad as well. So this, it almost has that paper feel to it because <laughs> I can't help myself anymore. Yeah, you've, you've brought your grid yeah, as far as you
1: possibly can. Correct. Into the, uh, the iPhone as a whole.
0: Pretty standard apps, nothing here
1: that I'm seeing that that sticks out as as overly different. I've never been a person that uses Google, the app.
0: So this is a result of my father-in-law, which is very odd because he runs Android, Samsung, whatever the latest is on that. He's on an S8, I believe. And he is considering moving to an iPhone for a number of reasons. My mother-in-law's on an iPhone. I'm on an iPhone. My wife's on an iPhone. uh, My brother-in-law, their oldest son, is on an iPhone. So he's the outlier on Android. And his thing, whenever we're trying to figure out, like, you know, we're doing stuff around the house. Like, what kind of connectors do I need for that plumbing? And you'll start doing searches for it. He always uses voice search for it. That is his thing, and that's one of the sticking points for him is why he hasn't moved to an iPhone is because it's so much faster to get the voice search up for him on the Android than it is here, and he does not like Siri Hmm. because he's used that a few times on my mother-in-law's, and it just does not work as well as the Google search, which I would tend to agree with. Like That's just kind of how I land on it. So I downloaded this app with the intent to attempt to see if it was possible, because with this, you can 3D touch it and tap voice search, and you can immediately start speaking into it once you do that with the Google app, which is kind of cool, because then you can do your Google searches very quickly by voice if you want. This is not a thing that I do ever, but that's why I originally downloaded the app, was just to see uh, how does that work, and is it, is it something that I feel like would work for him? Because that app was originally on the second page of uh, of my phone, purely so that I could test it whenever he was around. <laughs> but what I found was that I curated the feed of articles and such that's in it, and it has actually become a really cool source to finding new articles. Like it, it becomes one of those, we've talked about this a little bit before, it's kind of like an aggregation tool of sorts that can pull sources from new sites that I'm not familiar with. And I found out that it's very good at that if I fine tune it to say like tech and entrepreneurship of sorts. Uh, I tend to get a lot of interesting articles into it that way. This is why it's sitting right next to Feedly. So Feedly is my RSS reader of choice, mostly because I was one of those that was on the Google Reader train. And then when that went under Feedly was kind of the big one that took over and I've never seen a reason to move. So (laughs) I'm still on that. So Google is sitting right next to that because I'll run through my RSS feeds and then immediately jump over into that Google app to run through that feed of potentially new sources just to see if I find anything new. And it's pretty common that I'll find a new writer that I can relate to so i i like that and i like being able to find those new aggregated sources i feel like that is not a typical or traditional use of the google
1: app no nope. if it works for you <laughs> that definitely makes sense i have to point out that you do have two bible apps yes as a overachieving reader <laughs> on the, uh, the iphone is there a reason
0: for the two of them yep i prefer reading in new bible which
1: is the most beautiful bible app it's such a stellar piece of software it's incredible
0: you would of course get the design element of it way before i would but i i noticed the speed Mm. because if i want to pull up a specific passage it's easy for me to just double tap and type like matt four and i can get matthew four immediately like that is so much faster than trying to scroll and tap the things i want to get to the book and chapter i want so i i vastly prefer a new Bible for that reason. Maybe it's the di- design element as to why I would want to read in it, but to be honest with you, the only time I use it for reading is when I'm at church, I'm walking around, someone brings something up when I'm talking to them and I don't have a physical paper Bible in front of me, because that's what I do most of my reading in is just a paper Bible, you know, go figure. Strange, I know, right? <laughs> so the other one, uh, who is it? U version that makes that one, or is it Life Church? I think Life Church makes U version. Whoa, okay. I think sounds good. The one and only reason I have that is because of the plans that they have in there, mm-hmm. and they have one that does the Old and New Testament at the same time that you can read in one year's span. Right. And I've done that the last two years in that app purely for the Bible reading plan, just because it's easy. Uh, and there's a little bit of the social aspect with it. I don't typically get too involved with that with some of the other people that I know that use it do, and they follow me on that quite a bit. So they they keep me honest. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. Hey, did you actually read this or not? Yeah, they'll ask me those questions on occasion. But yeah, no, that's, that's the only reason I have it. I don't really like reading in that app. I couldn't tell you why. You could probably tell me why,
1: but I don't like it. It's a little clunky around the edges, so I, I can imagine that it might be a bit easier to just open up new Bible right. where their version of the Bible has to have a considerable amount of features that get in the way when you're trying to just pull something up really quickly.
0: Right, right. It's, when I'm traveling, it's not uncommon for me to use the version app to get the plan and know what comes next in my reading schedule and then close out of it, pull up new Bible and read it there. <laughs> so that's, that's typically what I'll do. And then I'll switch back to check it off and run with that. So yeah, it's not because I'm an overachiever. <laughs> it's purely because they have different purposes. Mm-hmm. Of course, of course.
1: And then, okay, this is my one, can you imagine the one thing that I think is off about this home screen? Do you know what it would be? probably the folder in the top right the weird folder in the top right hand corner yeah so you have a weird folder that you've labeled dot yep that's all that's all it gets it doesn't get an actual description <laughs> yep does it just have 3 apps in there or are there a few more hidden on a different screen or something like that
0: well typically per this screenshot that you're looking at you can see inside that app folder there is the settings app icon there's quip and then there's omnifocus And the only reason that Quip and OmniFocus are on that page within that folder is because I wanted them off of the screen quickly and put them there and I didn't take the time to move them. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But it's also because I have the intent of deleting both of those relatively soon. So it's not worth the time to me to go move it when I know that probably in a few days I'm going to get those both deleted. So I'm just not gonna deal with that. So is that just a folder that will have that folder has all the other apps on the phone. Like it has my email, the find friends app, the app store. You know, it has a bunch of those the social media stuff. It's all and there's a bunch of stuff buried in there. How many pages are in this? One, two, three, four, five six. there's eight pages within that folder.
1: That's what I suspected. Yeah, this is uh this is a hidden a hidden trap of a folder. It
0: is. It is. That has a bunch of stuff in there, just not put away
1: from the the screen as a whole.
0: Yeah, because if it's not one, the ones that you see here on the screen, like those are the ones that I use vastly, The like those are the ones I use the most easily. Uh-huh. And, you know, so it doesn't even fill the screen. But at the same time, anytime I want to get at something that's not on that screen, it's I just open up Spotlight and search for it. Same. I'm shocked by how much faster search and such is on... The 10 versus the 6S. I wasn't expecting that big of a shift. It's a fast phone, man. Yeah, maybe it was different in the 7. I don't know. But. That's That's been a thing I've noticed a number of times.
1: Anything else that you'd like to point out?
0: I would imagine there's going to be a few people ask me how I got an icon for the guild on there. Is that not just a uh, Safari bookmark? It is a Safari bookmark, but I'm shocked by how many people aren't aware of those. Oh, yeah. No, those are great. I've, I've used those from time to time. Right.
1: It also does that nice thing where it kind of removes a bit of the Chrome from Safari. Yes. Which is kind of neat when you're just going in and out of a website pretty frequently. looks Looks quite nice on the home screen, I have to say. Great logo. I like that logo. And uh, Sleep Cycle, down at the bottom, do you use that consistently every night?
0: I use that every night, and it is one of the most depressing apps I have on my phone. Why is that? (laughs) It tells me how bad I sleep. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It
1: says, hey, you didn't get enough sleep last night. You need to take a nap today.
0: Right. That thing that you stopped doing. Mm -hmm. So my worst night was not too long ago. Yeah, I got a 45% on that. That's, That's a failing grade right there. Yep. My best night within the last six months, because I've been using this for a while, is a 82%. Yeah, I mean,
1: not the greatest greatest sleep right there.
0: That tells you how well Joe sleeps
1: or doesn't. I I can't imagine that you're a person that touches your phone before you go to sleep, though. Mm,
0: I try not to, but I do it anyway.
1: I would have guessed that you might be one of these people that keeps your phone in the living room somewhere. So to know that it's not only something that's on your nightstand, but something that you're Clicking before you fall asleep at night is uh, is strange to me. That the, the problem with these apps is that I often read on my phone before I fall asleep, but then I get real sleepy, yep. and I don't want to go into an app and push a button and do all that kind of stuff, so I'm, I'm too inconsistent to actually use an app like Sleep Cycle to, to turn it on every night.
0: When I'm when I'm doing what I intend to do, mm-hmm. my routine would be to, to get ready for bed, and then I set my phone on my nightstand, and then I'll read fiction until my wife is ready for bed and then I'll pick up the phone turn on sleep cycle and set it down and that's the only thing I'm doing on it like I'm not checking anything or reading anything on it at that point on a bad night what I'll do is I'll not open up my book and I'll grab my phone and I'll run through Twitter or Instagram right before bed which is the thing that I don't want to do but I continue doing yeah that's that's a bad thing <laughs> hard,
1: hard habits to break I understand
0: yep so that's that's a thing that I do more often than I care to admit. But I think right now, if I was honest with myself, I think it's about 50 50 the nights that I do the book versus the phone. I appreciate your candor. Thank you. <laughs> I am not superhuman. Like, <laughs> I struggle with this stuff too. <laughs>
1: Uh, can I show you my phone?
0: Yes, I want to know how yours compares to mine cuz I would imagine there's a lot of similar apps between these and I hope Drafts is still on there.
1: Oh, Drafts is is in its honored position and I don't I don't foresee it going anywhere anytime soon.
0: You went from like despising this app to <laughs> loving it. I know, man. <laughs>
1: I sent it over to you. Got it. Uh, tell me what you think.
0: There's a few of these here that I don't even know what they are. Mm, that's well hey, that that's kind of fun then. Yeah. Tell me tell me what you see. All right. So it makes sense. I I would imagine you have a lot of these themed similar to the way I tend to do this cuz you have rows that go with each other. That's right. Yep. Yeah. So you got photos at the top. I know that one. Mm-hmm. That one. I I'm good there. Lightroom, I'm familiar with that. What is it,
1: Leica? Leica, yeah. It's, a, it's my camera app, so it lets me Wi-Fi connect my camera to my phone. Oh. And uh, automatically download photos without having to grab the little SD card dongle out of my, my backpack and just transfer them quickly. And then right underneath Leica is the same thing for DJI. That's the, the drone app. That lets me control a drone and and send it wherever it needs to go. So those those are two specific apps for two specific purposes, but they're Got it. used just enough that it makes it makes it convenient to keep them on my home screen. Also makes me feel good, you know, just fun. There you go. And then Halide, yeah, Halide is a great app. It's uh, developed by Sebastian DeWitt, who's a phenomenal iPhone developer and phenomenal photographer. It's a really really well made camera app that lets you shoot in RAW. And also do a few different things that are a bit harder to do with the, the the stock camera app. So I keep it on my phone for whenever I'm trying to shoot a photo that I, I really care about and I want to be able to edit later.
0: Got it. I'm going to take a look at that one. So you got so photos is the top row. Mm-hmm. The second row hits me as like just core utilities. So you got messages, the DJI Go, Safari, Maps. Yep, just stuff. And that's just your go-to stuff. Correct. Okay, and then row three is writing. Yep. So you've got Ulysses, Notes, Day One, and Any List. What do you use an Any List for? Any List is my
1: grocery list and my recipe list. Oh, got it. Christine and I have started every week doing a pretty intense meal prepping where we'll go to the grocery store on Saturday night and then spend a, a huge portion of Sunday just cooking meals for the entire week, which has been excellent because we don't typically have time to do it throughout the week. So anytime that we come across a recipe we like online, we save it to any list and then it does that neat thing where it automatically pulls all the details of the recipe into specific bins and you can tap on all the ingredients and they'll automatically appear in a grocery list and they'll also appear by section of a grocery store. So it's pretty convenient and really, really well done.
0: Got it. All right. So next one down. I'm struggling to get the theme on this row?
1: (laughs) (laughs) This one's my, we can call this row my relaxing row.
0: Okay. (laughs) It's
1: whatever I'm doing when I have some free time at the end of the evening or whatever, Kindle, Reader, which I use for RSS, Uh, Instagram, which I, I don't really browse. I don't even follow many people on Instagram, probably only 40 or 50 people but you know it's it's where all of my friends IRL hang out and they use Instagram stories to share stuff about their day so I typically will will go through that not consistently I'm thankfully finding myself less and less addicted to these social networks as the days go by so it's not good for you as bad as it used to be I'm yet. not there yet <laughs> and then the, the that first app, Binaural, is maybe how you'd say it, is just a white noise app, which I use to, uh, to drown out a television show my wife might be listening to, or just to uh, drown out any background noise if I'm just doing some reading.
0: Oh, that's good to know, because I typically use, so I'm a Spotify user, and I... I normally use that for like just pulling up my like, classical music of sorts, just so I have something in my ears to drown out some of the slight background stuff that's going on from the other room across from my office. Because three kids, let's be serious. Yes. So that intrigues me. the The bino- I'm writing this down.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty good one. It's uh, it's fun. It I don't know necessarily how scientific all this stuff is, but. It has a a nice list of different frequencies that it says are for different things. Like problem solving is like a higher frequency, relaxation is a lower frequency, and then like deep sleep is at the, the very lowest. And I usually keep it at like just a frequency that sounds kind of pleasing to me, that's not too high pitched or like bassy. It does its job.
0: All right. So the last row here things you
1: listen to or watch. Yeah. This one probably doesn't work quite as well, but it is entertainment of all sorts as someone who totally missed out on people using youtube as like an entertainment channel i got really into it at the beginning of this year and i find myself watching youtube and subscribing to a few channels i really like it as a as a way to just spend a few free minutes in the evening so youtube's on there audible for audiobooks and then spotify and sonos for playing music
0: all right so the all important row here and something i have noticed is the, uh, you and I both have five rows that's right. of apps, and then a blank row, and then the dock. But I noticed that you have four in your dock versus three.
1: Yeah, just because the third and fourth apps were just so commonly used that they needed to, to share the space of the dock. I couldn't choose one
0: over the other. So you have things, which I get. You know, That's your, your task manager. Drafts, because it's one of the best apps out there. Yep, so good. And the third one, it's an e-reader. Is Libby. That's that library book reader that I so
1: lovingly talked about episodes ago. Got it. And then uh, Pocket Casts. Oh, okay. Which I chose over Overcast just for a few UI reasons. I don't think one is better than the other necessarily, but it just fit the way that I do things a little bit better for me.
0: Got it. So yeah,
1: L- Libby and Pocket Cast, they're the things that I'm kind of listening to throughout the day. I have been on a big book kick lately. And Libby has been really great because not only can I check out books, but I can check out audiobooks. So I have the book version and the audiobook version of The Goldfinch currently that I'm reading slash listening through. You
0: don't have Twitter on here.
1: No, it's that's uh, purposeful removal from my life. It's on my phone. It is not deleted from my phone. It's just on the second screen. Okay. And I just don't want to look at it all day. I have a one of those love-hate relationships with Twitter, which we've talked about at great frequency. I don't follow a lot of people, and I still use it very consistently, but it makes me mad. About as much as it makes me happy. and No, it makes me mad much more than it makes me happy. So <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't get its space. It doesn't get space on my home screen, that's for sure. Yeah. That's actually specifically recently because I've grown frustrated with the Twitter moments. Because one of the things that I love, and I, I, I've talked about that on here quite a bit, I think, is that I love using Twitter for search. I use it for search multiple times a day. Whenever I'm looking for a product, today I was... Um, thinking about WordPress a bit, so I just, you know, Googling around for WordPress tips, that's a nightmare, right? There's, there's yep. way too much strange stuff out there and SEO drivel. But looking at my Twitter timeline for WordPress recommendations is great. I found a couple of links of stuff that I really wanted to learn more about immediately. But the, the search screen now shares its space with Twitter moments, which are just so vapid and depressing and meant to be clickbait more often than not. So I just don't want to look at that kind of stuff anymore than I need to.
0: I had a fun conversation with somebody over Thanksgiving about how do you keep up with what's going on in the world? And one side of it was how do you find out about some of the positive things that are going on? And then how do you hear about the negative things that are going on, well, I think you and I would agree that the latter of those two is much easier to come across.
1: Yes, it's very easy. I don't need to worry about that.
0: <laughs> when, when I was explaining how I try to catch up with news and such, I ended up saying at some point that Twitter moments are how I figure out what people are angry about. yes
1: I love Twitter for what it does well I very much dislike Twitter for what it does poorly and it does not get a place on my home screen for that reason
0: I have it buried on like page seven of that folder not a bad place yeah but using the spotlight thing to find apps that are in that folder kind of negates the rationale for that because I'm trying to make Twitter harder to get into from my phone and yet I have a quick way to get at it if I want to. So it's it's hard to keep it buried so that I can't get to it as easy and create, you know, as we refer to on occasion, resistance to, to getting into it. Mm-hmm. So I there's not a good balance there. I suppose I should delete it at some point. Here's a weird question for you. Maybe
1: you- You'll be willing to do this for the audience, but okay. do you have your phone on you right now? Yes. If you go to that little spotlight thing, usually it gives you four suggested apps at the top. I'd be curious to know what those are for you.
0: Uh, right now, it says Alfred Remote, mm, okay. Mail, Safari, and Deliveries. Okay, so that's interesting because those are a couple of
1: apps that aren't on your home screen. Correct. You would think that they should be. I don't even know what Alfred Remote is.
0: Uh, It is a way to control your Mac from your phone through Alfred. If you have Alfred installed on your Mac and you have the Pro Pack, you get access to Alfred Remote. But you can set up pages of applications or actions or Apple scripts or shell scripts or whatever you want that you can trigger from your phone. And I have a page set up for podcasting. And it has like Adobe Audition, Google Chrome, Safari, Finder, Ulysses, Bear. Like it has a bunch of these, you know, QuickTime or the sound settings. Like I keep a lot of that stuff at my fingertips because I can just tap any one of those and it opens it on my Mac screen. That way you don't hear me clicking in the background. So that way I can shift between apps on my Mac without hitting a keyboard or a mouse At all. I appreciate that. It makes Drew's process of editing much easier because you don't have to deal (laughs) with my keyboard. So (laughs) that's right. That's right. Yeah. So I would imagine that is up there purely because that is what I opened right before we started here. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And that's my best bet. The row below that, because I've got the eight.
1: Okay. You have the the second row underneath. Mm -hmm.
0: Right. So right now that is showing YouTube, Instapaper the Bible app, and Sleep Cycle. And the Bible app and Sleep Cycle might be because I opened them while we were talking.
1: Nothing too embarrassing on there. Nothing too. Uh, no, those are the apps of a productive person, right there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who got lucky because I opened them while we were recording. <laughs> <laughs> my guess is that if I looked at like the next row, there would be like Twitter, Instagram, like <laughs> those would be right there. <laughs>
1: That's just par for the course, though, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. What are yours?
0: You, I, th- this has to go the other way around too. Okay, okay. Mine are uh, <laughs> mine are Twitter.
1: Because that—that's why I thought of it. I thought absolutely that's going to be on mine. Yeah. Uh, Facebook and Facebook is actually there not because I use it. I—I—I I, I do not use Facebook. I have never been a Facebook person. But I work for a company that I post on their Facebook for them. Got it. Um, and I—I I did that earlier today, so that's why that's there. Twitter, Facebook, messages, and then uh, Amazon. Oh. Which. I think it was because I ordered something from them yesterday or something, and it thinks maybe I want to go check on it. I don't know exactly <laughs> why it's there. I don't think I've opened it today. but uh, And then if I open the second row, it's New Bible, which I think is because I just opened it while we talked about it. Yep. Uh, my banking app, Chase, which I do open from time to time, and uh, Safari, and then Notes, which I was using earlier today when I was working out at the gym.
0: See, that's not too bad
1: either. Not, not too bad, yeah. But Twitter is a mainstay. I would say, up in there. (laughs) Uh, I I posted a couple days ago that Twitter is one of these things that's actively working against me to make it less and less enticing for me, I feel, because not only is moments... Becoming something I really don't want to look at, but it's also started doing stuff like auto-playing videos, yeah, which auto pauses my audiobook. Mm-hmm. I said these little, you know, dark user interface tricks. I'm actually kind of into because, hey, if you're making me less addicted, then that's on you. I'm, I'm not, I'm not too upset about it. So, yeah, yeah, I, I'm finding myself there less and less, but it's still definitely a big part of my everyday.
0: How do you feel about
1: their character limit change? Oh, I love it. I actually super am a big fan of that because. I understand a few people who say it's a bummer because it's the brevity was actually a, a fun part of Twitter. But as much as I do appreciate a good constraint every now and then, I felt like 140 characters was just too short, especially with things like links and usernames. There's just a few things that they require more characters. And if they would have said, okay, links don't count and usernames don't count and all that stuff, I think I might have been okay with 140 characters sticking around. But yeah, as soon as they announced the 280 character change, I was all about it because it just felt like a a good shift for the system where celebrities are constantly posting statements via a picture of a note, you know, screenshot, like uh, that kind of stuff stop that's
0: Stop it people.
1: That just means though that, that that constraint wasn't a good constraint to begin with and we needed more space to write stuff. I do think that it was pretty ironic that some of the people that were the biggest opposition to the 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 new character limit were also the people that were the biggest users of tweet storms. Yep. <laughs> and yep. you know, consistently found themselves linking 10 15 20 tweets together. That was not good. I don't like reading things that way. So, if you can get your thought together in two or three tweets now that are just double the length, I'm I'm all about that. I really don't like it. Oh, why why not? You probably saw that coming. Well, no, actually I didn't. I feel like as a as a logical man of words, a man of letters, you would have been all about uh, a a little a little change for Twitter. Why what's the what's the big deal?
0: As as a writer, I love it. As a reader, I hate it because the trouble I have with it is it allows people to spend less time synthesizing their thoughts on it. Because in order to get it down to 140, you kind of have to think through what you want to say more. And it forces the creator of the tweet to spend more time on it than the alternative. So if, if you take the 280 the writer doesn't have to spend as much time writing it because it's harder to write it shorter. You know, it's it's the classic, sorry, I didn't have time to shorten this. What ends up happening is because they don't have to spend as much time writing it, the readers spend more time reading because they're always longer. And what I have found is once they've made a lot of that shift, have they fully released it now? Is it everywhere? Yeah, it's it's fully out there. That's what I thought. Because it seems like whenever I pull up Twitter, the tweets are long enough that I find myself skimming them or reading fewer of them, which you know, the whole dark feature thing you're talking about. Yeah. Hey, what's what's the problem with that? Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, I suppose it, it's worked out well for me in that case because because the tweets are so much longer and more people are doing that. It takes more to stay caught up on Twitter. So I've, as a result of that, I've found myself unfollowing a number of people and opening Twitter less just because it takes so much longer to keep up with it. So I, I didn't really expect that. I couldn't like I don't think whenever they were rolling it out, I don't think I had a real opinion on it one way or the other. I was like, oh okay, well they're just doing something different to try to get more people to use Twitter. Like that was my mentality. But now that it's been rolled out and I see it in action more and more, I've been noticing my own habits and realizing this is actually a negative for my use of Twitter.
1: Yeah, I think for me, I just opened up Twitter and scrolled through a little bit, and there's only maybe one or two tweets in the last few dozen that are long, and and obviously pushing up against that 280 character limit. It was pretty annoying the day that it was rolled out, because everyone was testing that feature to the limits and posting yes. absolutely <laughs> yes. long, as long as they possibly could. But that's just to be expected of any change, right? Right, right. Uh, but I I mean, my my opinion of this is that, as I have been posting... I think that my tweets are probably in the range of 140 to 200 characters on a consistent basis and that I'm not really ever hitting that that full limit. I think I've done that once. So if every single tweet was always 280 characters, that would be a problem. But I think that for the most part, people aren't going to abuse this feature as much as they are going to take advantage of some extra space when they need it. Uh, and if you find yourself following people who are doing the opposite of that and posting long missives all the time, well, hey, man, maybe that was just a bad follow to begin with and you needed to yep. you needed to yeah. make a change in your timeline.
0: So I, I pulled it up and I've been scrolling through it a little bit and I, I would say right now it's probably 40 to 50 percent of my tweets are in that. 250 character range is where I'd put it. To me, that's substantial. Like it's just a lot. And I've noticed a few people like this to me is where you is the way that this should be used. And this is where I like it. There's a person here that they essentially have two or three tweets to share, but they're able to just return down a line and put them all in one tweet. Like that to me yeah, is what exactly. you should be using it for, but that's not how most people are doing it. They It ends up being the wall of text, all of it. You know, none of it is broken up. But to me, 280 gets long enough that you need to break it up so that it's easier to read instead of having a bunch of sentences all together. Yeah. But that's just me <laughs> with the whole how I use Twitter thing, most likely.
1: My guess is that people will soon realize that no one wants to read a 280-character wall of text as they scroll Twitter idly, and that'll become less and less of a norm for people that actually want to get their thoughts across. And it's only going to be a big 280-character Character thing if you're responding to someone and already in the middle of a conversation or making some big statement that actually requires it or utilizing a link and usernames and you know so on and so forth but it'll be fine i feel like it's the same as the notch Ah. where there's a a lot of ink spilled about it and we'll soon just grow used to it and realize it wasn't that big of a deal to begin with
0: that's fair that's a fair point I, i like that you connected those two (laughs) yeah i got
1: this
0: (laughs) i got the connections no problem